Hi, this is Ali Ciardo and the Photo Field Notes podcast. And this episode is brought to you in part by designaglow.com and the course that I created in collaboration with Designaglow Virtual Product Sales. You can find it at designaglow.com under the education tab or designaglow.com slash pages slash education. And it's a whole system for selling products without in-person sales. So if you don't currently have a system set up and you're looking to make up some lost income where you're no longer shooting or not, not currently shooting, check out that course designaglow.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast, where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hi, everybody. This is Ali Ciardo, and today I'm talking with Stormy Solis. She is an award-winning family photographer based out of Denver, Colorado, and she captures poetic moments in epic locations, locations I would love to visit all around the world. Her photography is full of heart and imperfect like people. Her deep-rooted love of nature and oddest moments are reflected in her work, and it's just, it really is beautiful work, Stormy. It's so fun to have you on here today, so thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm super honored. And I just, I loved hearing you describe that just now with so much excitement. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, your work and, and obviously in the show notes, uh, we'll go episode 150 in the show notes. You can go in and see a link to Stormy's site and see some of her work. So, um, well, I always like to start with the storytelling, just the backstory of how you got into photography and how you got into fa- family photography and like going to all these crazy locations. So just start me at the beginning as much as you want to share. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think I'm similar to a lot of people in that I fell into family photography when I had my daughter. I was never intending to be a photographer. I had studied graphic design and that's what I was doing full time. Um, And my husband was actually a commercial photographer. So I just started shooting with him on the side for fun, basically. But when I had my daughter, he sort of was like, why don't you be the one (laughs) to capture her? I don't know why, uh, because I had no idea what I was doing, really. Um, But yeah, when she was about two, she was having trouble potty training and couldn't go to preschool. And so I just had this huge push to quit my design job and try to go home and make it work. I was shooting on the side, some families, um, like a lot of us get, you know, friends are recommending and doing it slowly that way. And it was going well. And I just thought, well, I could probably freelance from home, um, piece together doing this design and doing photography. And so I did, I quit my job and I was living in Hawaii. So it was sort of terrifying to take that leap financially. Um, and here I am like years later, you know, that I think that was like 2013, I got serious about trying to pursue the photography. And like you said, I, you know, I've spent up until recently (laughs) traveling the world and like shooting these amazing families and sessions in dream locations. Um, But yeah, it hasn't been like something I thought would be in my future. It just was sort of a, a long road of figuring out my voice, figuring out how to really connect to families in a real way that was unique to my heart and their stories um, that helped grow it. And so that that's the biggest thing. I, I fell in love with what I was capturing. Like once I could really understand families and heart of, you know, who they are in that imperfect mess and that, you know, struggle and gratitude that they have for each other that's really where I found my heart in it and where I started finding the success that I've been so fortunate to have lately 
Um, so yeah, I'm self-taught. <laughs> I <Okay>. learned. <laughs> All right. Well, rewind for a second. Yeah. I do want to get into like just showing that the soul of the family and the storytelling yes. and imperfection. But first of all, yeah. uh, start me with this basic question. Hawaii. How yes. were you in Hawaii? Did you, were you <laughs> like, why? And then why did you leave? <laughs> oh, I know. I still dream about going back. <laughs> um, I moved there after college. I had gone to UH on exchange and just, it was only for a semester. I fell in love with it. Everyone I graduated with at Oregon State University, the designers were heading to Portland and I was just like, that place made me feel alive. And so I, you know, I basically packed a duffel bag and my skateboard and $2,000 and was like, I'm going to move to Oahu <laughs> thinking who knows how this is going to go. And my mom literally told me it was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> thanks, but mom. It, it, thanks mom. <laughs> you know, um, to her credit though, she's looking out for me. <laughs> right, but of it course. Be the best decision because, you know, I ended up staying there for 15 years. I met my husband, we had our children that's where like I started my photography and it really, I built the strongest clientele that still is sort of like carried me through. Um, so I ended up there after college and ended up just staying. <laughs> what a great uh, adventure. Yes. I love that you did that. And so, and then your husband was a commercial photographer in Hawaii yeah. then you met yes. him. Was he from Hawaii? So he's originally from Texas, but he moved there when he was 14 and went to high school there and stuff. And he had been there much longer than me. And so I met him um, short after 9-11. I got laid off for a little bit from my design job. And so I could not find work. And I ended up getting a job at Costco. And he was working there part time um, while he was getting his master's. And that's how we met. And then he went on, you know, to become a commercial photographer. I went back to design and so on. I have a feeling that this conversation is going to end up going full circle because next, obviously, later, as we're all listening to this, we're going through another yeah. recession. Well, we're not officially in a recession, but we're going through yeah. an economic hard time. So we're going to come back around to the, all those feelings and getting through that. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I love, I love that you like made the leap and went off on the adventure and met your husband and then made it happen. So he, I'm guessing he taught you from a technical perspective. He taught you a little bit about photography. He did teach me a little bit about that. Um, but a lot of it, um, it's hard to, <laughs> a lot of it's self-taught because I really, he's from a traditional background of film and studio lighting. And I basically took my design and fine art background and applied it in an editing way that was very much uniquely my own. And I was recently just a few months ago showing him my editing and he was like, that's how you do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just so different. Yeah. And so at some point I really had to like take it a direction that, you know, wasn't what he would, you know, understand or do. Um, but definitely he was my big supporter in getting started. And I remember distinctly like, I bought my first camera and I was like, well, just tell me what settings, like, just tell me the settings. I, that's all I need to know. And I can do this. He's like, that's not how it works. There's yeah, not right. one, there's <laughs> just not tell just me the one, one setting. setting. <laughs> and I was so mad at him. Um, but then of course, now I understand what he was talking about. Uh, there's no one setting that's going to save you. Um, but also I loved what you said about taking that leap. I think like all big, wonderful things require that scary jump into this could be a horrible mistake, but my heart is really calling me to it. And so I'm going to go anyway. And luckily they've always been leading me to my biggest things that have been life fulfilling. So 
I'm seeing a lot of those stories now in people on social media, friends who I have who experienced traditional layoffs during yeah. the recession in yeah. 2008, 9, 10, you know, basically like 2008. And that led them kind of that forced them into this new adventure of self, of being self-employed. And it's kind of like, I know that our current time is different because as photographers, mm, not the best time to be a photographer, but still I'm <laughs> hoping that some, some creativity and some good will come out of this. Okay. Let's go back. We're going to get to that. I keep getting ahead of myself, but um, from a style perspective. So that's what I think is really cool that clearly your husband and you came at this with totally different stylistic approaches and emotional approaches because you're really tapping into that emotional side. So how did you come to that? How did you kind of discover how to get at that emotional side of, of storytelling and telling who families are? Yeah, absolutely. That is the question, right? I think um, when I had my first child and I was photographing, I was still not really understanding what families were about, you know, the complexity of it and what they wanted from me. I kind of was just assuming they wanted some Hallmark card of pictures and that's what I was delivering. But it was really when I had my second daughter and I started, you know, really having more life experience and struggle and friends and families with struggle that I understood more what family actually looks like. And it's not a Hallmark card. It's like I said, it's a big, beautiful mess. It's a lot of struggle. And I think so many people are afraid to like show that. But for me, like I really started tapping into and finding inspiration in people that had been through struggle, but like could look around and just be so grateful for what they had, which is each other. Right. And I think going through what we're currently going through, especially it's like, well, that's really it. Every day is not guaranteed. We have each other we have today and what, you know, let's, let's be here now for each other. And so I think when my biggest ahas were like, when I started understanding that more fully with life experience, and then I, I started being less afraid to share that in my work with myself and how I captured and how I posted, um, images that weren't perfect, but were things that moved me and from based on my own life experiences. So that was the beginning. So the first photos were really just your own photos, your own personal photos, not necessarily of clients. And when people saw that, they loved it. Well, I was, uh, yes and no. I was doing a personal project of my daughter's, like a 365 project, taking a picture each day. And at some point I you know, I had this sort of morbid thought, which was like, I was getting toward the end, like, what if I died and they never saw, like, I'm not in these pictures. How would they even know how much I love them and how, you know, when you have small children, at least for me in Hawaii, I was working a lot from home, but also trying to be full-time mom, just that struggle, that insane struggle and how many sleepless nights and how much love is there. Like it, it's not, they wouldn't know that. And so, um, when that happened, I sort of realized like, A, I need to be in my photos and I hired someone to come document us and B, like I needed to express that feeling, which I wasn't seeing in other photos at that time. I think now it's more um, common, but back then, like they were all happy motherhood photos. There was nothing that felt hard and heavy and I just had to get it out. So for me, it was a personal project that I photographed with a friend and it was literally a game changer and got me published and kind of my name out there overnight after I sort of released that into the world. And it was terrifying. You know, I was 
it was almost shameful to like own up to that and show that in my work, that heaviness, but people could relate and mothers could relate. And it, it literally just brought in a client that could feel what I was feeling and could appreciate that I could see them past a pretty everyone looking at the camera kind of thing. Is there a place, is that still online somewhere where people can find it and see it? Um, yeah, it's way back. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I sh- we'll see. Maybe if you can find it, we can put it in the show notes. We'll, oh, we'll see. No pressure if you can't. I'll link that up. It was in the end of 2016, and Dear Photographer actually featured it in their first public magazine, um, printed magazine. So, yeah. Okay, we'll see if we can uncover it. It's just to show you the inspiration. Well, I keep coming back to these words, big, beautiful mess, and almost just feeling so drawn to it, too, because that's my life. I mean, especially right now. Like, it's so it's so messy right now. But this idea that, and I have the same, kind of the same thing. Like, I love to create these beautiful images for clients, but I find more and more over the years that the expectation of perfection, the bar just gets gets heightened every year because of what people are seeing on Instagram, what they're seeing on social media, and they feel this need to meet the bar and look perfect. And, you know, your baby is smiling perfectly at the fam at the camera. And I just, I really love the idea that you put something out there that told a different story that really connected with people and they felt drawn to it. Do you, can you tell us anything else about just kind of a approaching the session? Like, well, let's start there approaching the session. What does that session look like? How are you approaching it? And how much time are you spending when you're doing a session like this for a family? Yeah, uh, absolutely. For me, the game changer, you know, once I think is the vulnerability. Like if you can't show up for your clients and show them like, A, I'm, I'm not just a business. I'm a mom. I'm a person with my own screaming children in the background and I get it. Um, let's be here together. So I try to I try to open that door with a conversation on the phone. And for me, that's just, it takes away the business barrier of an email and a questionnaire. And it really is like inviting them into your living room. Like here, sit with me and have a real conversation with me. Like what is, what is, what's it look like at home right now? Like, why is this session important to you? Like, you know, how's your marriage? You know, some people want to open that up and some people don't. But I find that if I put my first foot forward and just share a bit about myself and what's moving me and what I'm after, then a lot of times they, the floodgates open and these huge, amazing stories are presented and you realize like there's such a gift and an opportunity we have to create more than just a pretty picture to really make, um, to show them, to let them be seen to show them the beauty in their life in those cracks and flaws and how uh, amazing they're doing, even if they feel like they're failing. Because I think a common thread that a lot of moms especially can't are afraid to say out loud is like, yeah, we feel like we're failing at everything a lot of times. And I love to show them you're not, look how loved you are. Look at how much love you have to give your children. And so it's having conversations like that. They're uncomfortable sometimes on the phone, but there's, you know, I can't show up to a session without having talked to them on the phone yet. Cause it's like a blind date. Everyone's stiff and uncomfortable <laughs> and, you know, you can't really get, get to the heart of the thing. So for me, a phone call for sure. That's, that's one thing. The other thing would be like putting it out there in your work, like putting words to wh- why is this important? Who are you? Like share a bit of your heart and, 
and meaning besides just the prettiness um, is is a big part too to draw the right people because that's not going to be for the Hallmark family. They're not going to want that. They're going to be like, no, <laughs> like we did. We just want the Christmas card. But it's you know over the years I've developed this by just putting myself out there and putting this work and the clients I want out there and then trying to connect with them in a real way once they're booked. You know. I do think about the photos that I look back on in love of our family. And, you know, I love the polished ones from the studio, but man, I love those real photos that you look at, you look at and you're like, that is so who we were. (laughs) That is who our family was. Okay. From, uh, let's start with during the session. How much time are you spending on the session? Once you've gotten to know their story, how much time are you spending with them? And, are you then using prompts to bring things out? Are you just observing what they're doing? Yeah. How, much, how much direction are you giving them? Um, surprisingly little direction, honestly. I think the most important thing is creating trust and comfort. And a lot of that's done before they even show up. It's done through the work that you present online. It's done through the conversation. It's done through the handholding, through the styling, so that they feel like they have a friend looking out for them and, you know, wanting them to look their best. Um, so I think most of it really is done before they show up. So once they're showed up, once they show up, my sessions are about an hour, you you know, sometimes 90 minutes if we're just having a good time and it's going slow. Um, you can do that in Colorado where I live now, but in Hawaii, most definitely not. The light is, you know, you have to move much faster. So for me, it's also about picking a location that's dynamic enough to really engage them and take the focus off me making them engage, but letting them engage with each other in a nature Um, and that tends to help a ton with getting authentic moments and their story you know there can be tons of awkwardness in there like if someone's okay can you just you know where do you want us to be and how should my hands be you know I get that over with in the first couple minutes and then tell them we got that let's go have fun and get dirty and you know this, now we just play. Um, so giving a lot of verbal validation too, because I think I photograph a lot of photographers and even they get nervous and they start, you know, do I look okay? You know, you have to just constantly, you look awesome, you know, go love up your child, keep moving, don't stop and look at me. This isn't about me. This is about you guys. You have an hour together as a family. You've all showered. You're together somewhere beautiful. Just enjoy it. So you know, giving them that permission to exhale and say, hey, you look amazing. It's a mess. It feels like a mess, but it's actually beautiful. And you're right. I think if you are quiet for more than five seconds, clients start to get nervous. And so it is just that verbal telling them you're okay. Or I'll say, okay, okay, I'm just changing my angle or I'm just changing my settings. I'm just constantly like blah, 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 blah. Because if it gets quiet, I find they immediately stop what they're doing and they're like, Am I still okay? Keep it going. (laughs) Yes. For me, it's all about like get that comfort barrier, you know, in place and then you're good. And then after the session, what is the goal uh, for your clients? Are you selling them products? Is that ultimately they're looking for like an album or wall art or are they just looking to have those memories captured and have the digital images that they can keep to look back on? Yeah. No, I just do an all in package right now. Um, I've kind of, I've done it all, (laughs) but for me, that's, 
Yeah, that's where I'm at. I want them to have all the images. I I don't want to be restricted in shooting in a way that I think they want me to. So I love that creative control. So I'm more like this, you hire me for this price, you get all of me. This is me all in with you. And it's, you know, all the images. Um, I've just recently started doing film too. So I'm hoping to incorporate more of that into my sessions. Like I just, my last session, but I did before um, we all got quarantined, I told her, I have no idea what I'm doing with video, but I'm going to do video. And it was amazing. And she wrote me, not the video, sorry, them. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> obviously, like I'm learning. So it had problems. But it was what was in the film that was amazing was them. Them really, you know, she she wrote me this incredible message about how much she cried and just really, truly felt seen and felt like this cloud had been lifted through the struggle they'd been through the last two years to, to where she felt like there was hope again. You know, she could see, she could see that she was doing better than she thought she was. And I just, you know, to me, that's everything. And um, even though like, technically I don't really know what I'm doing with video, like people saw that. And in this quarantine, I've had three inquiries asking me to, you know, when this is over, can we fly you to California and book you for video. And I have to tell them, well, I can't charge you for video yet because I don't really know what I'm doing. But yes, I would love to do that. Yes, I would love, you know, and they see it. They see that I'm capturing a genuine story because the people that have have reached out or like one of them is a cancer survivor. And, you know, they just have these stories of resilience and hope. And, and that's for me what it's about. And, you know, I think when you're looking at the current situation, it gets scary with, well, people are can't afford sessions moving forward. I have to say, well, you know, for me anyway, it's like, well, I think it all goes back to really showing the importance of what this is about. Don't make it, don't make it a luxury purchase. Make it like they make it something more meaningful, you know? And I know I spent the last of my life savings to do my session <laughs> way back when. I had no money. That was it. That was the last of it. And um because I felt like it was so important to be seen at that point in my life with what we are going through. So I do feel optimistic that there's hope to continue, you know, even if things get ugly for a while and I'm back working at Costco for a year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not going to give up on what I feel like is truly a gift in this world and important. So first of all, that is really beautiful that through your experimentation in storytelling, you've connected with people even from other states who love what you do so much that they want you to travel all the way to them because they see what you're doing and they think they think no one can do it like you can because they're just so connected to the emotion of what you've done. But let's get into more. You've already kind of touched on this. Okay, so now we're getting full on like pandemic mindset. As we are in the situation where obviously at this point you're not flying to do sessions to in other places. You're not doing sessions where you are right now. Yeah. And having been through multiple downturns at this point, and you've seen really, you know, what probably before seemed like the worst of it, you thought, okay, we're past that. Well, here we are in potentially something much worse. Where are you? Where's your head at right now? What what are you telling yourself? How are you keeping yourself in on track in, you know, keeping your business alive and preparing for what's next? Yeah. Absolutely. I think my head is really in um, practicing gratitude, like A, 
time is always short, right? So we're here with our families. This is an opportunity to be present with them, to maybe like nurture some things that have been lacking in myself. Because ultimately art comes from us. If we're not full, if we're empty, it's coming from an empty, exhausted place. So I'm trying to just keep it as positive as I can and embracing that. Like (laughs) I'm making bread. I'm, you know, my husband's homeschooling, all those positive things. But it's also given me a chance to reevaluate my work and it's like, well, you know, is this set up in a sustainable way so that it can weather six months, three months, two months off? Um, and also not relying only on travel photography. So, so yeah, it's been really good to kind of like look at everything. I think like when I was shooting in Hawaii and I was successful back then, but we were very much, we're living month to month. We would be homeless, you know, with the current status situation, but luckily like we, um, we did have a savings in place. And so we're okay for a little while. So I think, I think it's a good time for everyone to realistically look at, well, A, can we weather a storm? Do we have money saved? Are we putting that aside? Are we charging enough? So many photographers that I mentor and educate are always afraid to charge what they're worth or look at that in a realistic way, but it's important. Like I pay my, our family's medical. This is critical. This is a business. It's not just a creative hobby. So we have to look at what, um, if we're charging enough to make it sustainable. And if we're not like, you need to adjust that. Um, Now, the other part of that, which I already touched on is like creating something that's going to work-wise that is going to bring that kind of income to you, to bring that kind of value. And for me, that's all about relationships. It's taking care of your clients and treating them like family, you know, having them value in that way so that when something like this hits, they're not yanking their money away. They're invested in you like you're invested in them. They're friends. They're like, we'll weather this together. We'll reschedule. It'll be okay. And like I said, I think, you know, by really telling a family story and getting, serving them in a way that is more valuable than a Christmas card, than a non-essential service, but something that feels essential, even though I know a lot of people won't be able to afford this, there are some that will, they're going to be looking for something that's not just, you know, pretty that they could get from anyone. So setting yourself apart that way. And for me, that gave me so much reassurance getting those three inquiries saying, hey, we want to fly you out to California during, you know, what's going on. And that's why I wanted to share a bit about like, I think telling the family story in a real way and connecting with them, that relationship is everything, you know, it really is like I would pay and I will book someone to do the same. And it's not going to be just for pretty photos. It's going to be for someone that I feel like can see my family past the outfits and past the location. I think you it's I'm so glad you brought up just the humanity of it and the personal relationships of it because I'm seeing a lot in photography Facebook groups and forums right now there's kind of a battle going on especially in especially in wedding photography because there's this battle between just the business side okay so they've put down a deposit and I shouldn't have to give them their deposit back if they need to reschedule for another date and so I'll see one post that's about I don't have to give this back it's not my fault and then another post will be like oh my friend's photographer won't give them the deposit back and then all the people will be like that's awful so everything's awful on all sides and I really think it's so true we have to keep the humanity and the and the just the human connection and I come at it 
from my perspective, like with weddings specifically, but also portrait sessions, I'm also, I am refunding some of them for now, hoping they'll come back later. But yeah, I personally experienced um, my wedding venue went out of business when I was planning my wedding. And so it's nothing like this, but I still had to change my day and like lose some money and things. And so I'm trying to come at it with that personal experience of like, this is out of our control and we cannot just be in a place of fear where we just say, I need to get as much money out of you as I can. We need to like look yeah. at these people as humans who are also going through a difficult time and work with them to say, you know, if we can do it later, we can do it later, but we really need to take care of each other as much as we can here. A hundred percent agreed. And like, I just find when you do take care of people that way, it's full circle. It's the bigger picture. It's not just right now. Um, You know, those are the things that come back tenfold. You know, they tell their friends and, you know, my whole business is built on in a lot of ways, word of mouth and really those relationships. And so, yeah, contracts and marketing, I'm like, well, you may be winning the deposit, but you're losing a forever client. So I don't know. It's just such a tough, tough time to navigate. Like I feel for everyone. I do. Um, my thought is just reevaluate and look at like <laughs> all the pieces. It's just a good chance to be like, well, what's not working and what needs to work better? And then aggressively change it, like, you know, move forward in a positive way. Like, how can this work better? Yeah, I think I think what I take out of this that really inspires me is your kind of mm-hmm. idea of showing yourself like showing not just the perfect self where we're going to Photoshop ourselves to perfection and pose ourselves to perfection, just showing yourself and telling your own story because listen, that's all we can do right now. We're stuck at home. Like that's all we can share is our own stories and using our stories to connect with people who also want to tell theirs. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that we can do that we can still be creative and share ourselves and have people start to connect with us so that when, when we can, they'll be right there thinking you're the only one I want to work with because I connect so much with you. Exactly. Exactly. And setting yourself apart that way, you know, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's my, that's my inspiration. I, I love that every episode I kind of come away with something I want to do. And I, yeah. I really think that's a great idea. Just like I've been doing it just kind of like you were saying, I've been taking some photos to document this time of like yeah. my girls taking a dance lesson through a computer or um, my crazy four-year-old putting on her Peppa Pig costume and like tearing up the living room and then just like falling <laughs> exhausted on the cushions. But I haven't included myself in that. And so I think that is like, it's, I'm kind of hiding a little bit. And maybe yeah. part of that is that I like don't put makeup on anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think there's a really cool way to like tap into that storytelling and connect. So that's great. All right, Stormy, where can people find you and any resources that you have for them? Yeah, awesome. My website is really my go-to, um, stormysolis.com. I actually just recently released my All Heart Access, which is an educational platform for other photographers. And I've had an amazing group of people using this time, you know, to just 
to just grow their skills. And anyway, it's it's been pretty awesome. So that's on there as well, um, on Instagram and Facebook too. <laughs> Good deal. Okay. And I will put that on the show notes. So what did I say? Episode 150, I think this is going to be. So look for episode 150 on the show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And the notes will also be in the notes in iTunes or whatever platform you're using. So we'll make sure to get that there. And don't forget if we can find that old, um, what was it, 2014 session? We're going to 16. Oh, 16. That's right. We'll see if we can dig it up. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Stormy, thank you so much. Good luck to you with your your home, your quarantine, your, you know, hanging in there. Good luck to everybody who's listening. We're thinking of you all. Take care, and I'll be back again soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.